Welcome to Enneagram Plus Yoga, a podcast for the body, heart, and mind. We have with us today the founder of Yenneagram, which is a combination of yoga and the Enneagram. So, of course, that is the perfect person for us to interview, right? But um, we are super excited to share this interview with you because Courtney is a type 7. And like many type 7s, she is full of fun, enthusiasm, and we laughed a lot. And so the fun that we had will come through as you listen to this interview. You're also going to learn a lot about the motivations for each Enneagram number, but also we're going to talk about the types of yoga that each Enneagram number might be drawn to. This really is a great interview. Today we are going to focus on Courtney's story, but also look at types 5, 6, and 7. Thanks again for joining us. Courtney, hello and welcome. We Thank are you. we're so grateful that you are joining us today. We have been super excited about this opportunity to speak with you. And um, I just want to start our interview by um, seeing how we found your website. Mm -hmm. So Christy and I are on our second year of doing this podcast, Enneagram Plus Yoga, and we were so certain that no one else in universe, <laughs> in universe, mind you, thought of the most brilliant genius idea to combine those two. Now, Whitney, there's a lot of people there who are passionate about Enneagram, and there's a ton of people who are passionate about yoga. And we've always been so perplexed. We're like, why hasn't anybody thought about it except for us? <laughs> no, two years, mind you, two years. And then I get a text from a student of mine, and she says, Kat, have you seen this? <laughs> and what does she send me? She sent me your website, which for our listeners, Courtney, what is your website? It's <laughs> called Yenneagram. Yenneagram.com. <laughs> it's so silly. When I was, you know, I like it. I was so excited when I heard about y'all because I was like, of course, yes, this brilliant idea exists in the world and other people know it too. Um, but I, it was a joke. Like I was trying to figure out, I want to create a business and, and incorporate these two together. Um, what do I call it though? What's the right word? And my husband jokingly said, Yenneagram. And I was like, that's ridiculous. And then I thought, well, the URL will not be taken. So <laughs> that's how it came to be. So it's, it can be confusing for people sometimes if they're new to the Enneagram because they're questioning, wait, is it Enneagram or Yenneagram? So um, yeah. there's a little explanation, but it draws people in, I think. That I, I just think it was brilliant. And we were so excited to find a kindred spirit all the way across the web. And thank you so much. When um, I, I called Christy, I said, I am going to email her and she <laughs> might think I'm crazy, but we're going to just ask if she would just, just, just come as a guest. And you were so gracious to say yes. So we are just, it's like finding a long lost cousin or something. Yes. They always look for you. Just weren't sure they were there. So thank you for, <laughs> for saying yes. Let me ask you this, Courtney. Um, since we are um, are going to talk today about the yoga in the Enneagram, let's start with yoga. Uh, could you share with us 
your yoga story, your yoga experience. Um, I know that you're a teacher and a student, so how that has evolved for you. And then anything else that you may want to share about your relationship with yoga. Absolutely. Well, I grew up dancing and my, so my whole life through college, even beyond when I would nothing professional, but I would take classes, took dance classes. So I had this gift that I was given of proprioception. I understood how my body moved through space and I enjoyed it. And I realized later on that uh, as a seven, it was the dance was a way for me to express emotion that I didn't have words to, to for, to, um, <laughs> how appropriate that I can't find the words even to say that. Um, so when I was in my twenties, it was a natural progression. Also kind of fate had a hand in it. I had a friend who asked me to take pictures of her. I was, I'm, am a photographer and she was opening a yoga studio. Can you take pictures for my website? And I agreed. And the deal was a trade. So I got yoga classes in return. And that was really the first time I did yoga it was in my mid twenties. And, uh, it was just, it fit. It felt great. It felt great to move my body again. And uh, I did not become a teacher until probably eight, eight to 10 years after I began that journey of yoga as a practice. It's fantastic. So how many years has it been, Court? Um, you know, I'm, I'm I, going to put you in. Yeah, no, I did. I'm 46. I did yoga teacher training in 2014 and began teaching, I believe, in 2015. But you've practiced over 20 years. That's incredible. The fact that it's stuck. Yeah. I mean, yes, it's changed. Yeah. It's changed over the years, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Tell us your Enneagram story, when you were introduced to it, what your number is, just anything you want to say about your love of the Enneagram. Absolutely. I, though I live in Minnesota right now, I lived in Dallas at the time I learned it. And a dear friend of mine from college who danced with me, she became a Presbyterian pastor in Dallas-Fort Worth. And she, mm -hmm. of course, knew Suzanne Stabile, who would yeah. lead Know Your Number courses. And this was maybe 2004, uh, was when Robin told me, like, you really need to take this class and you learn about the Enneagram. And I shrugged it off for a while. And finally, she gifted me a class and I went. Uh -huh. And I was just hanging on her every word. Um, I just wanted to find myself. And once I heard myself, I was just like, Oh my gosh, how does she, is she psychic? You know? <laughs> um, and of course I had to wait till the end because she starts at the eight ends with the seven and I am a seven, um, pretty textbook. And so I was immediately excited and asked my family, my mother, father, and brother all lived in Dallas. And I gifted them a class with Suzanne. What a gift to even be in the same city with her at that time. So they oh, all yeah. did the course. Yeah. And um, all of us were pretty textbook, like had, there was no confusion about any of us. And then we, <laughs> we got this language to talk with one another and it helped us understand one another and have grace with one another. And uh, so that journey of learning the Enneagram and beginning with yoga actually started around the same time, but I didn't put them together at that point. Mm -hmm. That is incredible. Do you care to share what your family members numbers are? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> they won't mind. You leap it over those boundaries. Yeah. Just, just go for it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm the only aggressive number in our family of four. My mom is a two, my dad is a five, and my brother is a nine. Oh, wow. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I feel, um, you know, because of that direct line, I have to five, I, I feel like I share a lot in common in some ways with my dad for that reason. Yeah. 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 And then with the other two, the two and the nine, you're still in the positive triad with them. Yep. And so that's a commonality. So that's yes. cool. And my mom was just, yeah, it was lovely. My mom was a lovely two mother. I know some people have some issues with their two moms. And I did, of course I have you, everyone has issues with their mom and me being an aggressive number and, you know, yeah. the, two, the, the, the giving sometimes it was difficult for me. I didn't want to, um, stand my ground like internally I did, but I didn't want to hurt her feelings sometimes mm-hmm. in the choices that I would make. Um, so I was, I navigated that as a child for sure. Yeah. Well, you know, you never know kids when they're so young. My my three-year-old has a lot of seven and eight qualities right now that could totally change. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to ever tell her until she decides whether she's even interested in the Enneagram, but I'm already preparing. I'm like, we are just two different energies. Like I can already feel that. So, yeah. And in case someone's listening to your podcast for the first time, can you share with me each what your numbers are? Oh Christine yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm a two. Um, so, and I hope to be like your mom and, and, and be a good two and not a manipulative one, but yeah, I am a two <laughs> and I'm a one and I'm married to a seven. So I am huge fan of seven. I've said it on every single episode and you know, we, you're not, maybe you're supposed to, I don't know, but like, if I were to be any number, I'd be a seven, like hands down. If they were, if they were given out the, you know, pick your own. Seven would be my choice. Well, you've got that energy in you, direct connection to it. So I bet y'all you spend a lot of time there. Y'all are good for me. Y'all are, very, you're like spot in the sunshine. And I always try to step into that spot. It's just difficult. <laughs> well, <laughs> frankly, I wouldn't get anything done in life if I didn't have my connection to one. So I love your energy too. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, listen, speaking of the Enneagram and yoga, I know what we're so thrilled about is that I know you are, your teaching of the Enneagram is informed by yoga and vice versa. So can you talk a little bit about it? Why those two combine and make sense for you? And how do you use one with the other and vice versa? Yes, <laughs> they, I love them both because they're both dynamic systems. The Enneagram, we are not meant to just learn our number. As you know, it's like that whole dance. We've got the whole circle inside us, all these energies. Some are a little harder to access than others, but it's like, we're meant to balance. We're meant to bring up our repressed uh, center and we're meant to bring up that deficient instinct. And so we're constantly trying to move and grow. And yoga in the same way is um, just noted, like the challenge is every time you walk in the door, you're on a new mat with a new body. Um, so what do you need today? And it's this constant 
adjustment we have to make, listening to our bodies and then honoring them by responding in the right way. So both of these were practicing extreme self-observation and also how are we going to shift and move to support um, I think ultimately, and it's not just personal growth, but it's just the, the raising of consciousness. How are we frankly going to become better people and uh, be a better humanity? I feel both of them work mm-hmm. together for that. And sometimes here's you know, here. Yeah, good. <laughs> hanging, hanging on your every word. But- <laughs> Yes, yes, absolutely. And, and, you know, there are, you know, people like Marion Gilbert um, and a lot of people in the narrative tradition, I think, are there's a somatic Enneagram, you know, work. They're in the basics, you know, in the history of the whole system. Um, but what I feel is slightly different with the yoga is um, it, it's like meditation, whereas meditation is equally important as the moving meditation of yoga. If we are actively using our bodies, not just waiting to feel sensation and trying to observe it, but actively pushing ourselves into places of discomfort to see what comes up. There's something a little bit more active, uh, in the element of yoga. And maybe I just don't know enough about the somatic practices of the past, um, and it might be similar, but from what I've learned, I've done a little bit of coursework in there. It's it's almost more of a psychology, psychology and a, a therapy practice. Um, so, and I'm certainly not a psychologist or a therapist. So I'm looking for, I what what is mine to teach and what is mine to do? And it's not gonna be right for everyone, uh, but, it, it's something that is unique to me and it's in unique to you. Like the way you teach, even, even though we're doing the same thing is going to be unique. And I, I really want to come visit. <laughs> I love that. I love it. And you know, we are going to put your website on our website and all of that information is going to be on when we post the episode, but can you tell our listeners now how to find you? What 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 is your um, website once again? Yenniagram.com. So it's just the letter Y and then the word Enneagram.com. And I'm on Instagram and Facebook, yes. though I use Instagram the most these days. I'm on Twitter as well, but people just don't seem to use it. So find we're me the, there. We're the same. We're the same. Yeah. Too. You know, I, I did, I didn't want to forget how I combine the two. I did want to let you yes. know, like I am, I learn by doing. And so I am experimenting with how I combine the two. One of the things I do is when I teach an introduction to Enneagram class, it is an introduction to the Enneagram system, all nine types and the history of it. But I've chosen a yoga pose to represent each type and we all do the pose and then would they learn about it? And then everyone does the pose again. So we're feeling in the body, you know, for instance, the five is Eagle. So everyone's completely constricted, can't even see in front of their face, you know, all that energy is tightly wound within. And, uh, and then you feel that release of opening up and like, Oh, okay. There's 
there's so much more I could be open up to. Mm -hmm. And it's a form of kinesthetic learning. I think it helps people remember the numbers and also might give them a sense of familiarity. Like, oh yeah, I know how that feels. I know when I can go inward, focus on one thing, hyper-focus and kind of forget the world around me, forget to open my heart. Um, so that's one way that I use it. And then I also have a weekly Yenneagram yoga class where we're basically doing movement. I'll sprinkle maybe some themes in, maybe not. And then afterwards we'll talk, we'll have a topic. Everyone in the room, mostly, most of them know their numbers. And for instance, uh, on Valentine's day, after our class, we just talked about like, tell I said, tell me what you love about your own number and tell me what you love about everyone's number in this room. Um, so just little things like that. I love that. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Christy, would you like to comment on the Enneagram number in the yoga pose? Oh yeah, we've done that too. So it's just funny, the synchronicity, like living in different states, but yeah, we've come up with, you know, yoga pose for all nine numbers. And we even have done a podcast on that. So I love we, it. I need to go and listen to that one. What did you choose for five? Ooh, I, you know what? I don't remember. I don't remember. It could have been child's pose. I don't know. Yeah, like retreating oh, and, that's a good one. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, it's been a while since we've done that, but we definitely, and we're going to, we, we have a workshop coming up that's mm -hmm. on that. And, you know, I was planning to go back to, you know, a pose that each number needs and a pose that represents each number, like in the workshop. So definitely we're in sync with that for, Sure. Like for me, in, in terms of what I need, I need child's pose a lot as a two, mm -hmm. because I need to go inward because I'm so externally driven. So yeah, it's good. It's neat to think about what each number represents and what they need. It sounds like we do it a little different than you, but we're still, there's so much synchronicity. So I love that. Yeah. Love that. Well, I want to talk about, you had said you wanted to talk about the motivations of each of the nine types. And we always ask our guests, what do you want to talk about? So that's one of the things that you were excited about and had some energy about. So we're going to talk about that. But we're also going to talk about the way each type is prone to approach yoga. And if you want to throw in any other things like fitness or whatever, that's fine too. Um, and then what type of approach would benefit each type? So we're going to look at both sides of that. And what we always tend to do is... Um, we, I do the evens and she does the odds. She says she's the oddball. Um, and I'm even Steven and that's not true. I'm, I'm like the, probably the bigger oddball, but that's what we say. Um, and so I'd love your opinions on each of the numbers as we go through them, but Kat's going to kick it off. I know. Well, you know, it's so funny. I have to share. So Christy and I both took a yoga class before we came here and we rarely get to land in the same class but we did mm -hmm. so we practiced together and I think I stopped the practice like 40 minutes and I was like child's post child's post child's post <laughs> Christy went all the way through and then we came here and I always say she's so calm cool and collected and Christy came in the office here and she said I'm feeling a little irritable and I just started laughing I was like welcome to the team I'm irritable all the freaking time but she said it so gently she's like I'm feeling a little, you're, I was like, I can tell. Welcome to the team. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this is the most loving irritation I've ever yes. seen. Yes, that's yeah. hilarious. I get it. I'm letting my inner four come out. 
Great. The greedy part of me, which is healthy for me, right? <laughs> yes. So, hey, listen, ladies, how do you feel if we flip it and reverse it? So, I have a question. Why does Suzanne Stabile start with the eight and finishes with the seven? A lot of teachers do this. And we- the mm-hmm. yeah, the reason that she said she does it is because eights would just get bored and leave if they don't hear themselves first. That That's a joke that she makes. Interesting. But traditionally, a lot of the teachers do start with eight and, um, and maybe it's a starting with the body. When I teach, I'm experimenting now with um, starting head to toe. And okay. so, so I'm starting five, six, seven, two, three, four, eight, nine, one. And I like it because uh, this past time I did it for the first time in a workshop recently. And someone said, wait a minute, why aren't we going in order? And I Uh said, well, because this isn't a hierarchy and, you know, and I like the, I liked, since we're so focused on the physical in my workshops, it just makes sense to me to go head to toe. Um, But I did like how it reminded people like, yeah, this doesn't, it's not about going in order. I love that. Why don't we do five, six, seven? Yeah. Two, three, Start four. With the head. Let's do that. Let's okay. do your approach. Let's Let's do perfect. This. Okay, so five. We never. So we usually do like one through nine, and then we always feel bad because by the time <laughs> we're done, poor nines are like they get like a tiny bitty mansion, and we're always saying, "Let's my mom leaves." Blah blah. <laughs> So sometimes we do start with the nine, but start with the five feels wild. Yeah, fives never get the first spot. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So well, eights will have to wait to 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 hear uh, about themselves. We're starting with the five. So okay, five is our investigator, and what motivates fives is knowledge, of course. So they thrive on knowing things, on having wisdom, on research, on data. They feel much more secure and safe with those things around them rather than having the relational kind of peace of life around them. The people, the emotions, all of that uncomfortable things. So Court, in your opinion, how do fives approach their yoga practice and what type of approach in your opinion would benefit them? I think that sometimes fives want to know so much about what they're doing. What am I supposed to do that they lack a trust of their inherent wisdom inside their own body. So they're listening more to the external than the internal. And when you couple that with the fact that that's what they've tended to do in life, they have a bit of a separation from their body to begin with. So there's a vast chasm sometimes um, from that place of external knowledge to the internal knowing. And if they can begin just to start to feel sensation and understand that their body is going to tell them when something is wrong and their body will tell them where they need to imagine their breath going, uh, that, that that wisdom is inside that would be helpful, I think, to the fives on the yoga mat and in life in general. I agree. One question, just because this has been our experience that, you know, just because it's our experience doesn't make it true at all, but we've had a hard time finding fives who are practicing yoga. There's a few, there's definitely a few that we know. Um, and I even know one, at least one teacher, there's, I think there's a couple more that, that I'd know of. Um, but, uh, do you, do you see a lot of fives on the mat where you are? No, 
I don't. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I so mean, there might be some, thing. yeah, there might be some at the gym and I just don't know. And they don't know their number. Um, but I would agree with you. Uh, thankfully I did have in my Enneagram cohort that I did with Suzanne, one of my friends in that group was a five Casey and he does yoga. So he uh-huh. really pushed me to do like Eagle pose made a lot of sense to him as a five. And we had that discussion, but I would say, there's no one in my Yenneagram yoga regular class who's a five that comes regularly. Um, and there might be, there's one guy I think might be a five at the gym who's there, but I don't know of, of anyone else. And I think as, yeah. Yeah, as you're maybe implying, it's like um, the disconnection from body and the idea yeah. that yoga seems so hard. Like you're doing all these shapes. I don't know anything about it. I don't want to set foot in that room if I don't know what's going on. Yeah. And I think they're just so in their minds, like they're in the thinking space more than any other type that not only does yoga take them into their body, it takes them into their heart space. And I just think, oh, they need it, you know, and, and mm-hmm. they, and they would love it. I mean, I, and so if you're listening, if you're yes. five, you're listening and you're in that, that pre-contemplation <laughs> stage, keep contemplating about moving into a class and we'd love to have you right yeah <laughs> we it's terrible to say your husband probably relate we're always like trying to hunt fives like unicorns like first you identify like oh, we got one we got, but then you have to move so yes. carefully you cannot spook them because yes. they spook just like that so you kind of just really relaxed about it like hey listen if you want to we can do and then you know, and you feel like kind of like retract in it, like, but it's okay, no pressure. So anyway, we're always we're, we're a little crazy about five. <laughs> yeah, I do love a five. <laughs> I do love a five too, and um, and we'd love to have more five voices on our podcast. So we need to find some more fives, don't we? Yeah. All right. So the type six, the loyalist. So what motivates the six is self-preservation. Um, a need for external affirmation and they thrive in a tribe. Would you, could you say anything else that you think motivates the six as you think about the six? You know, some sixes are very motivated to build their strength, uh, a mm-hmm. certain, a certain subtype. Um, so, and that makes them feel more secure in the world. So I wonder if more of that subtype of six are drawn to yoga for that reason. Yeah. And they thrive in a tribe. So the communal setting of yoga obviously resonates mm-hmm. with them. Um, they seek to be self-sufficient and dedicated and sometimes to the point of rigidity. Um, so in your opinion, how do sixes approach their yoga practice and what type of approach, approach would benefit them? There are quite a few healthy sixes that go to yoga to try to get away from their mind which is a beautiful mm-hmm. thing if it can be done. <laughs> that, maybe it's just a little bit of a quieting and not a full escape, but that can be a beautiful thing. And like, and like I said, there's the strength they might be drawn to. Um, but I think that there might be some natural hesitation when approaching certain things and therefore the looking around of, am I doing this right? Um, and then, you know, you've got the difficulty of there's so many different 
yoga bodies in a room and levels uh, and everyone is adjusting for their own injury and we all have our own limits. Um, so you're not going to get a great idea of what you're supposed to do by looking at other people. And that mm-hmm. it's like the six who consults the committee f- before they make a decision. Ironically, they feel like they they generally already know what the decision they're going to make, but they're still going to consult the committee. So I think the challenge for them is to be on their mat with themselves and trust themselves to truly build the strength. So it's not just the muscle strength they're building, but it's that internal fortitude of courage. Yeah. Yeah. To your point, not to come also from a place of fear, but a place of self-confidence in their internal like the decision they know like you said they know the decision they know their truth they Mm -hmm. know their intuition like all of that's already there so not to be afraid of that and just come from that place of self-awareness self-confidence versus anxiety and feeling fearful and uncertain and what ifs and I'm not sure that you know which is difficult yeah 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 I would think too that for a six just the more that they can hear that in a yoga class that they're safe but also that the more that a teacher instructs in a way that's saying you know I honor like asking about touch and things like that just knowing that you know they are safe in this class that's going to be good and then the heart openers I think would be really good for a six too because they do mm-hmm. struggle sometimes with trust and opening up their heart to people who they don't know mm-hmm. um so I think that that can be a good thing for a six of course in yoga. two wants to do the heart openers <laughs> <laughs> no, but, yeah but you're absolutely right <laughs> <laughs> love it love it all right. Well, let's talk about my favorite number, number seven. Number seven. <laughs> so our enthusiasts. So what motivates a seven? And how about how about Courtney? Why don't you tell us what do you think motivates a seven? And I can read my spiel. Going on to the yoga mat. Well, I mean, honestly, in the beginning, what drove me to the yoga mat was uh, an escape. So a little bit like the six, a a bit of an escape from my mind, but also just an escape from the world. And of course, you know, with the seven, that means any pain or difficulty. That's, that's Mm -hmm. why I'm running to the yoga studio. And I'd say, especially during, you know, I did teacher training during a time in my personal life that was extremely painful and traumatic. So it definitely was I, I need to shut the door. I want to shut the door. I mean, I'm going to shut the door and go to yoga, um, whether that be right or wrong. It was good for me at the time, but um, I think obviously the tricky part is sitting with the poses you don't like, the repetition. Honestly, there's one thing I've never done that I feel like I need to do as a seven, and it's that New Year 108 Sun Salutations class. Uh-huh. Have you ever done that, either of you? Yeah, or let I have. It? Yeah, I've done it. Yes, Good for y'all. I, every year I'm like, no way. <laughs> Like, no way am I going to do 108 of the same sequence of movement over and over again. Exactly. So I need to do that at some point. I'm now I'm going to have to hold myself to it now that I'm putting it out there. But the challenge then being for me to notice, even in repetition, what is new in this moment? Like, okay, I'm doing it for the 96th time. 
is there something different here that I can feel mm-hmm. or, yeah. or just, um, appreciate the fact that I can move, you know, what, what can I hold on to in this moment? That's, um, realizing I might be in mundanity and pain, but it's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. What, what types of yoga do you think as a seven that sevens are drawn to um, because they're escaping that pain and suffering? What do you think they're drawn to? Hot and fast yoga, for sure. <laughs> I mean, that's how, that's how I began. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of the people that I think, oh, they seem to have seven energy. I think they're teaching those classes. And I would just assume that, that that's who's... Um, you know, a lot that there are a lot of sevens in the fast classes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas I like the challenge of a, of a fast class, but, um, that mindful vinyasa is more of my speed as a two, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, well, and I do think our types have a lot to do with the type of yoga we're drawn to. Yes. I mean, I will say I do teach a class called root. Now that's my, the only class I teach at the gym and it is completely guided goes slower, is very inviting. I give options for everyone. So I think how I've progressed in this might be with age and with personal work. My goal is I, I mean, I want people to feel good. I want people to be happy. I mean, that's a very seven thing, but um, so it's, I guess that's maybe the difference between my, my practice and my teaching. I mean, my goal as a teacher, yes, is to make everyone feel welcome. And there was a guy who came in last week with his wife and you could tell maybe she drug him there and an older guy. And, um, this was a class for more wise people called gentle yoga. And mm-hmm. he came in, he's like, where the hell's my spot? You know? And I was like, <laughs> it's, right, it's right here, you know, but by the end he came up to me and he was shocked. He was like, that was doable. And, um, that as a seven, like gives me such joy, like, oh yeah, he's happy now and he feels good. Uh, so that's, that's my goal as a teacher as a seven. I love that. And I love too, that you're teaching a class named root because grounding is the very thing that a seven needs. Yes. And sometimes we teach what we need, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, I know that as a therapist, I talk to my clients a lot about self-care. I'm teaching the very thing I need as a two, right? Yeah, that's great. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think, you know, a class like Ruth, not only are you doing what you need, but you also what you want. So you teach a grounding practice, but you take them to the happy place. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like feeding two birds out of one hand, which is so wise and comprehensive it's it makes the whole yeah you know what you need and what you want and they're together and that's in words of a one perfection (laughs) (laughs) i've achieved (laughs) oh this is fun we're we're really enjoying you courtney (laughs) likewise after this brief word from our sponsor stay tuned for a very brief meditation it's only two minutes and two minutes of meditation is good for the soul thanks for joining us today and we look forward to connecting with you again Courtney Perry will be back next week and we'll look at types two three and four
let's start this meditation with prayer hands at our forehead, thumbs just gently touching your third eye. Find a breath in and a breath out. And ask for peace in your mind. And then you're going to move your prayer hands to your lips. So still prayer hands with your thumbs gently touching your lips. Find a breath in and a breath out. And ask for compassion in your words. And then invite yourself to move to the yoga pose of goddess arms. Which if you don't practice yoga regularly, this is just like football with field goal arm position. And so finding a breath in and a breath out and ask for joy in your heart. And then invite your hands to come to your stomach where your palms touch anywhere on your stomach. Find a breath in and a breath out and ask for healing in your body and then invite your palms to move to touch your thighs so one hand to one thigh and one hand to the other thigh and find a breath in and a breath out and ask for rest in your body And then may you have peace, may you have compassion, may you have joy, may you have healing, may you have rest. Namaste.